big dildo. Eat your fucking slop. Ain't I make the best goddamn stew in the whole wide world? Best goddamn stew in the whole wide world, man. That's that goddamn coyote. I'm gonna try to kill my lot again. I'm gonna show that bastard once and for all. You hear me, Junior? Oh, shit. Who the fuck are you and what the fuck do you want? Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from Coltsploitation.com and I'm joined with my co-host Martin. How's it going? You're going pretty well. Um we'll we'll get this right out of the way. St- right from the start. Last time when we did our ghost keeper episode, we talked about potentially doing uh, a giallo to get back into the, the new year, to get into twenty twenty three. We're not doing a giallo. <laughs> we don't we don't really plan things too far in advance. For our for our like special um like, you know like holidays ones, Halloween and stuff, we do plan those in advance. But for other stuff, we kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Uh, especially from week to week when we don't really have a special theme going on. So we tend to say things and then kind of backtrack on them but we didn't really realize that two weeks from the previous episode was gonna be a week that has friday the 13th in it which doesn't happen that often so we have to take advantage of it when we can um, i don't know i feel like last year we had like three of them yeah probably i mean it, it it happens it's not like a leap year right where it only happens every four years but it, it's not like an extremely often thing that that happens um so we take advantage of it and we try to do special things around the time and and kind of save it for that so we're doing friday the 13th the series the television show that aired on uh, i don't know what it was nbc something like that just kidding although it would be kind of fun to take a look at some of those anthology episodes um uh, which is a do you know that show you ever seen it? Oh, uh, no, I've never seen it. I've has, heard of it. I've never seen it. It has, like, no real relation to the, the movie series. Of course not. Except it does have a couple of, like, you know, like, tie-ins. Like, hey, there's a, a mask in this one. You know, like, stuff like that. Uh, just kind of, like, jokes. But it's not really related to the movies at all. Um, but it is a cool show. And it's, it was about, like, this uh, antique shop that had all these haunted cursed antiques and somehow they would like either make their way out of the, someone like would seal it and be uh, you know, an issue that they'd have to go and retrieve this antique or there was like an antique that they learned about that they would have to go and get. Um, it was a cool show though. Last for three seasons, I think. Um, 72 episodes. Holy yeah. shit. Never would have guessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a cool show. I, I actually have the first season on DVD. Or I did. I don't know if I still do. But yeah, it's a cool show. Um, so if you haven't seen it, check it out. Especially this week as it's we're coming up on Friday the 13th. Also, I don't really... There's really no reason why it's 
named Friday the 13th, the series. That was like really banking on the fact that people would tune in and think it was about Jason, but it's not. Um, however, we are going to do a Friday the 13th episode because we've only done the first four. Uh, we did parts one through three. We kind of blew our load on that one. We did parts one through three for a friend's podcast. Um, J Movie J, Talks. Yep, J Movie Talk podcast. So um, I'm sure you can find that on his uh, his podcast episode. At some, I haven't checked recently like if he's still doing episodes um, and if it's available. If it's not, we'll have to try to like find the episode and get it up on ours, on our podcast. If it, if it, if, you know, it's kind of like run its course because it would be nice to have that on here if it's not available anywhere else. But give it a search. We did the first three in one show, and I think it was probably like a ended up being like a 90 minute, two hour show, something like that, where we did the first three. So we kind of truncated um, the movies into, you know, a really quick synopsis and rundown of each of them. Um, and then we did part four last year, I believe. Um, I don't remember exactly when it was, but we did it sometime last year. Um, I, cause I have a, like a, I remember doing it very vaguely, but I, I actually had optioned let's do part four for this one. And I was, that I was doing some research and I was like, wait, wait, we've already done part four. We can't do it again. So I don't remember exactly when we did it, but, uh, three years ago. No way. No yes. way. Seriously. Three years ago. Yeah. Actually that, that does track. Cause I remember it's like episode 140 something. Yeah. 145. So Yeah. So, <laughs> it's been a while. You know, to be, to be honest <laughs> three, with you, too, three years ago. Wow. To be honest with you, I would have also have probably have in my head that review's pretty fresh. It's right after her. she's all that video, so you know. I, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago for whatever reason, but well, the timelines don't lie. And thanks for being the historical record keeper there, checking on the on the back end. You know. Did you check uh, if Jay Movie Talk podcast is still up and has our episode? Oh, I haven't yet. No, I'll have to check that. But yeah, we and, uh, and we also and, and don't forget we did the lovely remake too. Yeah, we did that one too. Yeah, we kind of we we were doing our remake a ween. Uh, we kind of skipped skipped ahead to the Friday Thirteenth. Was that twenty twelve? Was that two thousand nine? I believe. Oh yeah, two thousand nine. That's right. Um, the the remake that they did. And actually, have you heard? They were going to be getting a TV series as well. On I think it's on Peacock. You heard that? It's called joy. Crystal Lake. I think it's more oh, of a. Joy. It's more of a um, prequel, I think. You know, like when Jason was a a kid, and um, it's from the the creator of the Hannibal TV series, Brian Fuller, which was extremely good. So I do have some hopes for this show. Um. I don't know what to expect, but yeah, that's coming soon as well, which, which is pretty interesting because Friday the 13th rights are all fucked up. They're all over the place. Um, From Paramount, New Line to... Well, not only that, but the originals <laughs> rights of Jason versus um, Mrs. Voorhees and, and stuff like that, that, they, that someone has the rights to Jason versus someone has the rights to Friday the 13th. Um. And that was the whole battle between, um, you know, the Friday the 13th crew and why the game ended up getting nixed because 
the rights were, were so convoluted that they couldn't move forward with the game. So it's pretty much why the game died. Um, Which is sad. Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, everybody just wants to get the rights squared away. Whoever needs to get paid, just fucking pay them so that we can move forward with doing whatever needs to be done with the with the series. Are we going to move to an are we going to get a new movie? Are we going to get a TV show? Whatever. Just get it squared away so that we can have multiple tie-ins to the Friday the 13th franchise. I, I'm fine with that. And, you know, with all the revivals, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? It's kind of shocking that uh, out of all the franchises, like this one's lying dormant for so long. Well, that's part of it. I mean, and then also Jason 10. It's another part <laughs> Another reason why it's lying dormant. <laughs> no one wanted to 20, touch it after that. For, tw- for 22 years. Wait, no, well, and Freddy, no, is it that or is it Freddy versus Jason that really sealed the deal? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's a good question. Both are not great, especially now when you look back on it and it's like, Whoo, those are 2000s movies through and through. Oof. <laughs> The 2000s were not, you know, really a good time for most movies, especially franchise movies. They were rough. Oh yeah, you sent me a sent me a link to the uh, to the episodes. They're up still, huh? Yep. Cool. Found it. Good. Found them. Nice. All Maybe that we'll... time in co- all that time in college, internet sleuthing down. Maybe we'll throw that link up in our liner notes all right so we're going to talk about friday 13th part five i promise uh hold on hold on no sorry. i will not let you a new beginning friday 13th I just, how do you want to refer to it do you want to refer to it by its friday 13th part five a new beginning or just uh, friday 13th a new beginning because sometimes they leave off the part five so, you yeah, know it's well, not part of the title well you know what what's the mo- what's the poster say um Probably depends on which one you're looking at, too. But Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning is probably the safe way to refer to it. There you go. Okay. Um, Just like John Carpenter, you're not shortchanging the people that yeah. put all the print. <laughs> so I promise we're going to get to that. But before we do, before we talk about it, let's talk about the beer we have on the show today. Because we have a, a, a retro throwback on the show. Something... Something uh, that we've been asking for is for Saranac Brewing Company, which is um, a brewing company that's fairly close to us in Utica, owned by the FX Matt Corporation. Everyone's favorite uh, Thunder Mifflin branch, too. Yeah. Yep. Um, the Utica branch. They have put out a new throwback pack, a 12-pack of beers with the original labels that they used to use, which were... Um, very Adirondacky looking vistas, and uh, they have gone back to their original logo and the original uh, recipes that they have they had used for their beers in the past. You know, they've they've done a lot of expansions uh, since um, going to the Saranac name because the Saranac name, it, you know, FX Map Brewing Company never really was Saranac. It was you know a whole bunch of different beers and Saranac became the big flagship of their brewing corporation. But these are the originals that they 
uh, kind of banked off of to become a much bigger entity in the brewing world. And these are the ones that we kind of grew up with too um, from the Saranac. You know, we were big fans of Saranac in our early days of drinking. And these are the ones that we remember. It's like the upstate upstate New York Sam Adams. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's very interesting to see them going back to their old recipes, the old things that that, uh, really made it work for them. So the throwback pack is really great. It has four different beers in it. It's got their original recipe IPA, which if you didn't know that they really don't make that anymore. They make like a, a few different IPAs, but they make a legacy IPA and then they make, which legacy IPA kind of makes it sound like that's their original IPA, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they also have included a golden Pilsner, which is new to me. I, I had never had that originally um, when they were first releasing that. Um, they include their Adirondack lager, which is one that you can actually still get. That's, that's their flagship beer that they have not taken out of rotation, um, throughout the year. Which is kind of surprising. But the Adirondack lager has hung around all after all this time. Cause God, you can't find it. Like they have on the website, like, Oh, it's in six packs and 12 packs. You can't fucking find it. The only time, the only way I can ever find that is if it's in the trail mix pack with, you know, the legacy IPA, the pale ale and the black forest. Yeah. It's not as um prolific uh, as uh, like the Sam Adams Boston lager, right? Like that's, they throw that in everything, but as I say, as I say their Boston lager these days is still the pale ale and the legacy IPA. Right. Right. Yeah. The pale ale is really, I, I would say for Saranac now, the pale ale is really their best their longest lasting original brand, but also the Adirondack lager is still around. It's just harder to find. Um, then they also have one more beer in there and that's the one that we have on the show today. It's the black and tan, which is their rendition of a stout and a lager combined. And this one I had actually never had before either. This was one that I knew they made, but I'd never actually had it. So it was interesting to me to single this one out and give it a try. And actually, I don't even know. I maybe have only ever had like one other black and tan ever, right? Like, cause Yangling makes a black and tan, right? Which is awful. I'm pretty sure I've had that one. So it's not a good <laughs> representation <laughs> of the style, I don't think. Um, so it was interesting to try this one out and see what we thought. And honestly, Black, this black and tan from them is extremely good. It is very balanced. It is has a nice stout flavor to it, but it's also very light and refreshing from that lager element. Combining them both together is really making it a very drinkable beer. And I think they've done a really good job with this. As you stated, it is on a similar par to like a Schwartz beer. Um, maybe not as chocolatey as a Schwartz beer. Which, sorry to interrupt real quick, which their Black Forest is a short spear and is probably like the best short spear you're ever going to have. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This, this one's not as chocolatey, but it still has the, you know, the subtleness of the like subtle coffee notes, a little bit of caramel notes to it from the stout. Um, but a lot of the drinkability comes from melding that lager style in here. And I think that it's really an easy drinking beer. It's one that is perfect for a winter, uh, you know, winter session that you're having. If you want to have a few, the black and tan is the way to go. Um, 
it's not overwhelming. I think even people who are not who would consider themselves not very big stout fans would find this one nice and refreshing. Um, I'm really impressed with the black and tan, and I um, I love this throwback retro pack. I, I really would like to see Saranac doing that a little bit more. Not to say that I don't think that some of their newer beers are good, but I think that these are really these standout beers from them entirely. And so I, I, I want to see them return back to some of these beers. Um, and hint, hint as well, Saranac, if you're listening, bring the Darktoberfest back for this October. <laughs> if you're going retro, that's the one I want to see. All right, what do you think about the black and tan? I agree. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've had their black and tan before. It's been a long time, a very long time. Um, like you, I, like Saranac to me is still, you know, it's a brewery that I still enjoy their beers. Not nearly as much as I used to because I think they've kind of like Sam Adams, Brooklyn, and a couple other bigger, you know, a couple other, you know, breweries got you know a little too bit lost in the weeds and following trends and shit so it's nice to see them go- come back you know return to their roots you know bottles labels and styles and all to be like hey we know you guys like this this stuff used to be you know really good here you go um so i you know i enjoyed it you know, everything that was in that pack, out of all of them, I think the Golden Pilsner, like you, was the only one I haven't had. Um, I like black and tans. I've mixed them more than I've actually ever uh, actually drank them. Because like you said, the only one I can think of off the top of my head that I've had pre-packed before was Yingling. And Yingling's is not good at all. But this is delightful. It's very well balanced. It's got the nice multi bready coffee notes of a you know of their stout which they did used to make a pretty good standard irish stout that they would release in their uh spring packs very good not as chocolatey but just very excuse me you know malt forward but not like really bready it's more sweet more coffee toffee like lager doesn't really add like the flavor to it but it's more of just for the crisp nice refreshing balance so when you're drinking this you're getting a nice smooth taste from that stout easy to drink like you were if you were essentially drinking a short beer i like this a lot it's very good it makes me want them to just just keep fucking doing this keep going back to the well bring that goddamn white ipa back <laughs> Bring the goddamn white IPA back. Um, so you would like to see, you know, you're like me. You'd like to see a throwbacks part two where they give you a, a few more that they used I to want do. Them, I want them to do what they used to do. They, Hey, you got a 12-pack, a variety pack? How many uh, beers are you getting in there, Ryan? Uh, well, right now you're getting four, but six could have been the case. Used to been six, yep. and from what I hear, even before then, before we started, we're old enough to drink. You used to get twelve. <laughs> it used to be literally a different beer. Can you imagine? Pre- that would be pretty cool. It'd be cool, but it would suck too at the same time. You, you really like one, it. You're like, you know, oh, oh, I guess that's it. <laughs> I got one. 
But yeah, back in the day when they had their variety packs, and Sam's too, actually, you used to get six different beers. And they didn't throw in their flagship. You weren't getting, like, when you're buying Sam's winter pack with the old, you know, old-timey, you know, Dickens-style Christmas carol with old Fezziwig in it. You weren't getting, you know, Boston Lager Crand in there. No. You were getting, you know, chocolate box and other things that, you know, were... You know, that only people who are into beer and brewing would, you know, appreciate. Mm-hmm. So, I like, again, like, I'm not saying they probably, I mean, they should go probably full tilt because I think half the enjoyment, and this is the nostalgia factor, you know. So, I don't think, like, it, like if they, you know, kept going back to the well on this, it would work. But I think when you're releasing your variety packs to have... You know, this option out there, too. I think it'd be good. Mix it up. Because they have... I mean, Saranac has done a fuck ton of different beers over the past, you know, 40 years. So... Mm. Yep. I'm trying to go on to Beer Advocate to, like, check out some of these old reviews of, like, their... And, like, because I'm sure if you typed in some of the things in Beer Advocate for, like, Saranac Black and Tan... It would pull up that thing that we were looking at back in 2010 with the review on it, with the old label and stuff. But the the fucks on this website, you can't do it. Can't search on the website. Stop lurking, says the message. Stay logged in to search, review beers, post in our forums, see less ads and more. Thanks. <laughs> no wonder why nobody goes to Beer Advocate anymore. Yep. You fucking gobshites. <laughs> All right. Who does that? No, I agree. I shouldn't be shouldn't be making me log in. That's stupid. All right, let's talk about Friday the Thirteenth Part Five: A New Beginning. So, I think the title really says it all, right? We are starting over because Friday the Thirteenth Part Four was supposed to be the end of Jason, right? I don't even remember anything about that film other than some dancing. Well, part of it has Corey Feldman in it, and you kind of see the the aftermath of Corey Feldman. Remember, he at the end of the movie shaves his head off, head the head of oh, hair that he had because no. um, he has to act like Jason's mother, and that's no. Well, that's what happened, and no, you I didn't don't. even remember too in that movie. Uh, Tommy Corey Feldman's character uh, would make masks and stuff. You'd you know like oh. he'd make a. Oh, those horror masks. There was like a group of kids that moved in next door and or as, at the cabin and stuff. It doesn't really matter. You can go back and listen to our episode if you are wondering about part four. But Guess in, I'm going to have to, too. Yeah, you'll have to revisit as well. But in part five, we get a new beginning. So it's it, it actually opens up with Corey Feldman at the beginning. And he's, he's watching uh, two guys like kind of furiously dig up jason's body in a grave what a bunch of assholes too (laughs) i know who's doing that when you're going when you're being like a grave robber like them they're like (laughs) this is so fun right we're digging in the rain (laughs) who the fuck who the fuck marked his grave too anyway someone was like we need to you know what we need to do this man this man has murdered uh in a hundred different camp counselors at Crystal Lake, given given this tourism spot a bad name, let's put a grave down <laughs> for him. You know, even the worst of the worst deserve to be remembered. 
Um, yeah, no, but it's it starts out with uh, with that Corey Feldman, uh, you know, watching them dig it up, and you're thinking, you see Jason, he rises from the grave, you're like, oh man, Jason's back again, and then it kind of cuts away, and now Tommy is 17 years old, going on 30 in this movie, and, and it doesn't, and it's still 1984. What's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the thing too. It's really funny. We we we're jumping. Um, I don't know. What would you say? How old would you say Corey Feldman was in the in part four? Right. He was probably like five or something. Right? I don't know. No, I would probably say like, he no, was like wait, wait, nine, nine, ten. I wait, know, no. ten. I don't know. It, I'm not very good that, at guessing it, ages say, of well, kids. He, he's a fucking well, fucking pipsqueak. I don't know. I'd say well, also Corey Feldman's a fucking hideous looking child. His fucking face <laughs> is just. Poor, poor guy. That face and mullet's not really doing him many favors. I don't know. Let's say let's say on the the conservative side, he was like ten to twelve. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Where's so it was uh what what when did uh when would um Friday Thirteenth Part Four come out? Probably not that long before Part Five. Let's see. Part Four was out in nineteen. 84 and part five came out in 1985 so we jump let's say like six years five six years in one year and everything still looks exactly the same so tommy is now 17 like and like i said he is looking an old 17 because um the actor who plays him uh which is um, John Shepard. He's like 25 in this movie. So that explains why Tommy well, looks m- like he's, uh, you know. His mullet also doesn't do him any favors. Yeah. But anyway, he's he's uh, basically dreaming all of this. And, and we find out that he is not doing well. Which I guess you probably wouldn't be doing well if your family was targeted by Jason and murdered and you watched a bunch of kids next door get murdered but um he's attending this new camp well first of all too who thought this was a good idea to they're like tommy what happened to you oh you were you were at a cabin in the woods and jason attacked and murdered all these people you know what probably would be good for you let's send you to a camp in the (laughs) in the woods um where we send troubled youth institution yeah Basically, but it's not like, like, you know, a, a brick and mortar institution might be a little bit better for Tommy, right? Because <laughs> far, you know, far from the, from the lake, far from a wooded area, let's send him to a, a, a you know, brick and mortar institution in the city. How's that sound? No, we're going to send him back to a camp. I think it would do him well to go back to well, camp. To be fair. Not like they were going to do anything in the '80s to him outside of fucking call him a retard and shock him. So I mean, yeah. maybe the fresh air was probably the better choice, you know. But yeah, they sent him to his camp this for troubled youth, where all these other kids are uh, staying, and um, none of the townsfolk like this guy. You know, this this uh, guy who's running the camp. He's a fucking hippie. Yeah, he's he thinks that he can just, you know. Give them some space, wide open spaces, and they'll be fine. <laughs> Cut some trees down, split some wood. Um, yeah, and, and and to be honest with you, right away, 
as an audience, we're kind of left to question, is this really such a good idea to have this guy who apparently doesn't really know that much about effectively running? Uh, He's not uh, even a doctor. Right? No. He, he, oh, I guess. Oh, I guess he is a doctor. Yeah. Well. He has a he has a University of New York uh, um, diploma on his wall. I did see that. Oh, you can see it in the blue. In you can four K. You know. Oh, not the four K, but yeah. But anyway, he, he, they sent him here, and right, almost immediately, we when we meet these people, we meet one guy who. Um, murders another, you know, camp goer. John Belushi gets killed. <laughs> yeah, the guy with the candy, the the candy bar who um, messes up with some sheets. Two two candy bars. He has two. Yeah. Um, and it for w- one thing I love about Friday Thirteenth, a new beginning, and also you know a lot of slasher movies of the time. Part five. Well, yeah, part five. Uh, is that it? It has such a ridiculous amount of caricature to it. It's like not even a. It's even if you take out, out the fact that like this is a movie about a supernatural, a potentially supernatural being going around and murdering people. The caricatures of the of these people are just so outrageous, so unrealistic that they would actually exist. That you just have to kind of go along with it and either like it or don't like it because the writing in this movie has no um, room for just like nuance to it. Everybody is ridiculous stereotype of themselves. So the guy who kills, you know, who you're referring to as John Belushi (laughs) is he has like no personality besides the fact that he's just like angry, mentally ill guy, right? He's just like, we don't really even know anything about him. He's just slamming wood with an ax. He just... Well, wait. The guy's upset. How can we work his anger out? I know. Go split some wood. I know. And not only that, but it's it's also like the writing was like we need to give the the audience as many um, red herrings as possible for who's doing the murders. Which is interesting when you think about it too, because by the opening of the movie, as the audience. I think the twist is supposed – or what we would expect the twist to be is that we're expecting Jason and the film doesn't give us Jason. But then again, why is it giving us so many suspects? It's kind of an interesting dynamic that the film has uh, throughout. But anyway, um, this film has so many characters. There's that – you know, Ethel as well. Ethel and her son, uh, which are ridiculous our, human beings that are not our- – <laughs> Our list fucking Carol Burnett shows up to be like, you fuckwad, you big stupid dildo. I mean, <laughs> I'm not. I'm These not... fucking kids belong in the loony bin. Get them out of I'm not going to lie and say that I don't like that because I think it's hilarious. At the same time, it's also absolutely ridiculous uh, to think that like these people are just living down the street. You know, does this resemble your neighbors? <laughs> Well, they're not living down the street. They're like a hike away. She's like, pissed off. These kids are fucking in my bushes. And it's like, that's like the like the most that's happening. Like, you know. I know. I, 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 mean, lo- I love you it. Got, not only that, but you, like, 
this this movie in particular too has like some really weird stuff. Like, why are there fucking greasers in this movie? <laughs> why? Where did they? Because come- I know why. Around that, uh, say, let me look it up. You know what was coming out at that time? Mm, what? Stray cat strut. <laughs> It's just a really weird addition to this movie that, like, yep. randomly you have these, you know, two greaser guys that are... They're just big Brian Setzer fans <laughs> and Stray Cats. Stuck in the say, middle yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, this, I was say, Stray Cat Struck came out in 82, so, you know, there you go. Guy has a fucking great taxi cab cap on. <laughs> and, he looks uh, like... No, he looks like fucking uh, Marlon Brando and... Uh, hmm. Uh, rebel without a cause. <laughs> and the the other thing too is that like he's supposed to be pretty menacing, right? He's supposed to be like, "I'm gonna fucking kick your ass, dude, if you don't fix this car." Then he goes, takes a shit in the woods, and then skit scats back to the car. It's like, <laughs> such a weird, weird like inclusion in this movie to have a greaser dude scatting in the woods. It's like, it's like they were grasping at straws. They're like, "What kind of people?" Could we populate in this movie? It's like, okay, yeah, a greaser dude. He scats. Um, Big fan of the Fonz. Yeah, loves he loves loves the Winkler. How about the the mustachioed uh, cocaine porn user? Porn, yeah, porn stash rolling dude. Up, we'll say rolling up in a fucking charger that's seen better days. Blasting the most knockoff Boston you could ever hear in your life. Like, I mean, to be honest, I love that guy. He's hilarious, he, you know, because he's like, oh, I'm just going right up my nose. He's, but he's so stereotypically ridiculous that it's it's funny. I mean, again. So it's so ridiculous that a lady with that, those kind of whamma jams is like, yeah, I'm going to go get you, Billy. I know. With <laughs> uh, the whole thing. I, I, Why is there a cat in that diner? <laughs> yeah. Where is <laughs> the hell? There, it's a health code issue. Yeah, there know? goes their rating. <laughs> you know why they were murdered? Rob, 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 Roy stopped in, saw the cat, was like, "I cannot, I cannot allow this to continue. This sort of health food violation." Try reporting it to the Better Business Bureau, but everyone knows that Reagan's a fan of small business. So Absolutely. you know, they're they're like, "We're not going to do anything about it. Fucking eat your." Your biscuits and go on, you know. No. I mean, I just, I love the, the whole cocaine usage. It's Copious. Great. You'd think you'd watch in Scarface. And the way yeah. he's like, yeah, I, I'm in an order. We had a fucking uh, sleepaway camp. But, uh, oh, yeah, I, buy, I can afford all this cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think Friday 13 has that going for it. it like, at this point. In part five, it's like run out of just like normal people, normal, you know, teens that are going to camp. At this point, it's got to like go all out with who it's got in here. You, you wouldn't. They're all they're all bastard people. Oh, that is true. Yeah, uh, I mean, and that's that's part of the the slasher formula at this point too. Is like you can't just you can't just have good people. You have good people, then the audience is kind of like, well, should I be rooting for Jason? Should I not be rooting for Jason? You have terrible people. They're like, all right, I can see it. You know, like I can envision myself having to murder these people, these people to 
to get them to shut up. But anyway, this movie is not about Jason. It kind of returns and you know the the idea of a new beginning kind of brings us back to that too, the the beginning of Friday the 13th franchise where we don't have Jason as the the killer. The film kind of sets this up from the very beginning, especially when you see um, early on the um, uh, the paramedic Roy, who's kind of just a weirdo when he visits at the uh, the campground. You see him kind of standing in the, from the backside, and you see like his arm down, and that's kind of like the the signature slasher pose of like a a killer that you don't see like faceless killer see from behind with their arm down. And you kind of get that right away at the beginning. But when I was watching this movie, I was really blown away by how much the film really hits you over the head with the fact that Roy is going to be the killer. I mean, you probably wouldn't get that when you're initially watching this movie. But when you, you know, I've seen it before or you're expecting it. If you watch, you will notice that the film um, really goes in. It tries very hard to, to make you think that Roy is the killer right from the very beginning. It's like, it's almost like instead of being very nonchalant about it, after you watch the movie, you go back and you're like, holy shit, they were so on the nose with this. How did I miss it? Um, the one that really stands out to me is when Roy is, uh, you know, at the, um, I think it's like the second or third killing. I think it's actually the greasers. Uh, where, yeah, no, it's, it's after the greaser killing. When they're standing on the highway. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's the gre- it's after they're they're picking up the greasers and Roy's there as a paramedic picking up the bodies, and the sheriff is like, "What the hell is going on around here?" And Roy's just standing there. And he's like, "You talking to me?" <laughs> like, he's he's actually behind the sheriff too. <laughs> sheriff can't not even looking at him. He's like, "You talking to me?" It's like, "No, Roy, who the fuck are you?" <laughs> Take the bodies away, for fuck's sake. I don't even know who you are. Why, why would I be asking happen, a paramedic? This, this wouldn't happen on John Saxon's watch. That's for goddamn sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's just a really weird moment because clearly he's not asking Roy. And then you look back and you're like, oh, some paranoia setting in for Roy there. Well, what's even better is the... When he originally shows up on the scene, and the one EMT is like, yeah, check this out. In front of all the fucking kids, pulls the blanket up, and you see chopped up John Belushi, and everyone's like, uh, uh, and he's like, pussies. And Roy's <laughs> just sitting there like, you know. I know. It's like, I, what, what, the, like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, paramedics, you know, they're like that, I guess. They're just like, check out this chopped up body. We, um, we got some EMT uh, friends. We'll have to ask them. Like, hey, yeah. do you like when you see like a dead body? You're, you know, maybe like maybe when you're just with yourself, you guys, because you guys have to joke about it. You're probably like, hey, check this out. But you know, you're probably not like if there's like a, a loved one around. Like, hey, <laughs> yeah, I would say not. <laughs> hey, check this out. Um, what do you th- what do you think about the um, the film's uh, uh, use of enchiladas? I mean, I don't know what Eddie Murphy ate, but <laughs> yeah, you keep calling it him. Made... You call him Eddie Murphy. It's Miguel Nunez Jr. No, no, he shows Eddie up Murphy. in quite a few different uh, movies from the eighties. No, uh, as movies. soon as I saw him, all I could hear is, "Girl, I don't understand it. Why you wanna hurt me? Cause my girl 
wants to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Well, again, that's another weird moment. Dude is, dude has to make a run for it because he ate bad enchiladas and they're coming out the wazoo. He runs to this corrugated steel, uh, shitter. Yeah. And it's <laughs> death trap. And he's taking a dump. Uh, and then his girlfriend comes up to the outside of the dump, which if you're like me, I, w- I do prefer a nice private shit. Uh, not even because I'm ashamed of my shit, but just because like, that's me time. I'm enjoying this moment. Um, <laughs> especially when you give out the orgasmic uh, moans that uh, demon is giving out after letting out that uh, enchilada burrito that he's got w- cooking in his, his ass. But how where 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 was he getting these enchiladas that that gave him diarrhea living in his fucking van down by the river? Like, like I don't understand. Was it that was it at that goddamn diner? The cat is that is that it? Like it's it's all it's all connecting together now. We get Robert Stack on unsolved mysteries here. We figure it out, boys. Must be. Uh, but anyway, like like she so she comes up outside of the the uh, outhouse. And she's singing this song to him. She's just like trading back and forth like, ooh, babe, ooh, babe. Like a doo-wop song. What, what year are we in in this movie again? Are oh, I'm sorry. That's not Eddie Murphy. That's Little Richard. That's Little Richard. <laughs> yeah. But what, 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 de- what decade are we in in this movie? What do you, what do you mean? Like, oh, what's, what is she? Like, oh, they're singing a doo-wop song. What do you mean? What do you, do you your wife, when you're taking a shit, doesn't come by the door and sing songs to you to help. I would have to be in dire straits to be like, hey, honey, come here. I'm going to need a serenade. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I can imagine a couple I'm, scenarios, I'm trying, but not, not, not very many during normal. I'm trying, I'm trying to coat. Coerced to turn out my yeah. asshole, snake charming on out, like you know. He's <laughs> yeah, right. Please, please, uh, please help me through this. No, but anyway, it, it's it's a weird moment again. Um, you know, again though, kudos to his girlfriend. I mean, that's a keeper. She's standing out. Yeah, there. I know. I know. What a what a lady to be like. <laughs> To, to, you know, sit there with the, the stank of the smell and be like, <laughs> I'm going to sing you a fucking lullaby. I know. Uh, and, and then, not only, but it's funny, though, because, you know, then the the outhouse starts shaking. He doesn't hear anything from her. <laughs> he comes out and he's like, you're going to get it now, bitch. <laughs> he, like, turns well, cause from she, Well, because she was originally shaking it to scare him. I know. Like, you know. I mean, it, it, he turned from, like... uh uh, doo-wop and romance to uh, I'm gonna you know take whip this belt off and not only that not only that <laughs> let's just take a moment to recognize that he did not wipe Wait, that no, shitty no, ass not. neither did the guy that took a shit in the, the greaser that went and said he was yep. gonna take a shit in the woods absolutely and in Friday the 13th and, and I this is not the first time people have shit either in Friday the 13th I believe because uh, I think there's another guy in one of the other earlier Friday the 13th who's like taking a crap in his store if I remember correctly none of these people wipe in this universe and it's fucking gross wipe your goddamn ass after you're done shitting even if you think it's clean and after enchilada you know 
emergency like this, it's probably not clean. Wipe your goddamn ass. But enough about the weirdos that populate this movie. What do you think about the uh, the kills that we get in this movie? Because terrible. Oh, you think they're terrible? Terrible. A lot of happen off Here's... more off screen than normal. Uh, it's it's quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. There's like forty people who get killed in this movie, uh, but nothing's inventive. Nothing's creative. It's all just you know generic. Stab or chop. Do you um, think? Do you think that's an like again like another thing that they're trying to do? Like it's not Jason because Jason would be experienced. Jason would know what he's doing. It's Roy. I I I don't think it really matters. I think they just like in this one they went like, well, we're just gonna go quantity over uh, quality in the kills. Sure. Because this the fucking cast in this film is a fucking circus. <laughs> you know, just roll out the goddamn red carpet and start playing. You know. Uh, in I uh, you know, the circus because like din, 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 there's like seventy people in this goddamn movie. Yeah, I mean we definitely get a lot of kills. It uh, like you said, they're kind of off screen. I do think there are a couple of inventive ones. I really like the one where they wrap the belt around the guy's face, around the eyes. He like wraps the belt around and then starts tightening it from behind the tree. I think it's See, cool. That's- I think that's what Radovid did to Philippa Alhart in the Witcher games, but you know, instead of killing her, he, he just you know, he blinded her. You know, that's, <laughs> well, in this case, I say, too, though, and I, and I say that because I've been playing it. In this case, too, though, the belt snaps. So, like, does he actually hmm. die, or was it, was the belt like just get too tight and snapped? And was, the guy's like, oh, not only I that, guess I'm make, free. Make, <laughs> makeshift like a maple tap that he was like screwing <laughs> into the tree to hold him down. But I mean, like, there's a couple of them. But like I said, like it's. Most of the kills are just these bland, like, oh, I'm lying out of bed, and then, ugh, machete through, or, like, you know, ugh, you know, machete to the head. I mean, they're not bad. I'm not going to say any of the kills in this movie are like, oh, it looks bad, or it's done bad. They're not bad. They, But they clearly just went in this one quantity over quality. Like, like, all right, how can we one-up it? Let's just fucking kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they did. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to – I don't really have a stance one way or the other. I mean – Well, it definitely, it, lo- it, it definitely seems like they went for quality, quantity because, like, we get – not only do we get, like, random people that really don't make a difference to the plot. Like, Ethel and her son don't really matter to the movie. But they've the got greasers? them in here because they got to get killed. The greasers? Why are the greasers? Right. The greasers yeah. aren't – yeah. But, but the other guy, too, the guy that shows up on Ethel's doorstep is like – Hey, I am really hungry. I gotta do some work for food. Like, why? What? 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 Sling blade. I'd say sling blade shows up on nowhere. Is it like, just? I, is it just meant to be sort of like the the Jalo equivalent equivalent of? Hey, here's a suspect that you might you know might think is doing this. It doesn't really make sense. Again, to me though, like I feel like a a new beginning is a little bit confused because it doesn't really know if it wants the the viewer to think. Hey, Jason's doing all of this. Or if it wants the viewer to think, hey, Jason's not doing all of this, but it is somebody doing this, and you should take a guess at who it is. Because it offers up all of these suspects that really, you know, like But at the end of the day though, it doesn't matter because like the bread the breadcrumb trails few and far between. Yeah. And as you and as you said, all roads point to one guy throughout the entire thing, <laughs> yeah, so it's not—it's not like you know they're, they're going the 
Tenebrae route, trying to make right. something, you know, mysterious and intriguing. It's clearly just... This movie is 90 minutes long. And it's about 80 minutes of filler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's So, I don't think they really gave a thought at all to how to work it out in the executions. They're like, listen, we got money. We got a run time. Let's pad it out and see where we can go. <laughs> yeah, I think that, like, it is an, an interesting idea to say, hey, maybe we'll dispel using Jason as the killer in this one. But I feel like it would have been a more successful movie and some of the suspects would have made more sense if the film did not keep returning to the fact that, um, like, j- some people are thinking Jason is doing the killing. Like, you know, Tommy keeps seeing Jason and is part of his dreams. Um, as though the film wants us to suspect, like, oh, maybe there is this supernatural connection to Jason. I feel like if we had just severed that entirely, said, yeah, Jason's definitely dead. He didn't come back. And you don't even need Tommy in this film. You don't really need Tommy. No, he d- he's really kind of like a, a non-existent character. He doesn't do much of all at a, of anything. And and in fact, there are a lot of awkward scenes where he like just is in the scene for no no real reason. And then you know he, he does like this very angsty character trait where the one that co- comes to mind is when he comes in for breakfast that one time, and the guy's like, "Hey, can you go?" I can't remember the guy the other kid's name but he's like can you go get that other guy and tommy just stands there and he kind of does like the emo like shrug down like looking down at the floor and he's like everybody's just staring at him like can you go get that other guy <laughs> and then he's don't like forget, sure, don't forget don't sure, forget yeah i'll say don't forget he fucking goes roadhouse on some <laughs> poor fuck literally i know yeah that's <laughs> that same guy yeah when he comes in with the mask on he fucking just fucking grab like I don't know what was that grapple. He grapples him, flips punches him. Punches him. <laughs> you know, fl- <laughs> oh, yeah. The, no, that's different. No, that's Oh, different. you're I was talking about at down at the trailer park. But no, you're right. In, that, in this war, whatever, you know, he, sh- he shows up and just like fucking hip tosses the dude through a fucking table. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's just like out of nowhere. Huh? Just happens. It's great. I love it. I love it when he just goes through that, that little like end table. It's yeah, amazing. asylums back in the day were very fond of their inmates uh, learning jujitsu in their free time. <laughs> and then, uh, what's his name? The I don't know, what, what is the guy who runs it? What's his name? I don't even Junior? remember. Neil or oh, something? Oh, Matthew. Matthew, Matthew. Um, he, like, comes up and gives him a nice arm bar. <laughs> Calm down, Tommy. Calm down. Um. Matthew's not doing a very good job here. Listen, I, I, I give them access to chop wood and yeah you know i have him hang out with some fucking laundry and we didn't talk about it either matthew has not one not two but three buttons unbuttoned on his button-up shirt i'll show it gotta off, show off that little tuft of hair that he's got on his chest there show it all that's right welcome to my clinic the lower the buttons mean the more freedom you know what we haven't talked about either the fan service that we get from this movie because Friday the 13th is pretty known for the amount of fan service that it has throughout, you know, like, uh, kind of, kind of increased as it went along. Like Kevin Bacon's ball sack. That's right. 
And I would say that this movie has some of the best mommy milkers around. <laughs> get Debbie Sue Voorhees. I don't think you can really compete in the Friday the 13th franchise with Debbie Sue Voorhees in this movie. Um, you, you get you get T and A from her in this one. And in her, in their scene too, you know, I was I was ready to say, hey, these two these two kids are just super irresponsible. They're just running off and romping in the woods. Who knows what's gonna happen? STDs, pregnancy. But no, you know what? They came prepared. They brought a blanket. <laughs> Good no, for them. Are they having a picnic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a buffet. But anyway, like honestly though, a a blanket. It's very prepared because, you know, in the woods, on the ground, with the pine needles and stuff, no. You got to have a blanket. Otherwise, you're going to be uncomfortable all day. But what I like, too, about we that lost, scene, uh, too, is when, immediately after they're done, Debbie Suvor, he's just like, ah, that was great. And the guy's like, I've got to go get washed up. It's like, you've got to go get washed up. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> She's just like laying back, kicking back. Oh, that's nice. Sun and sun shining through the foliage. He's like, I gotta get washed up. Man's a cereal bather. Well, the nuts in her, so she's <laughs> take, take no, care. That's of what I mean. He's, a, he's got some, you know, drippage on him. Like, oh, get- <laughs> Immediately, I've gotta get washed up. <laughs> but anyway, got Debbie Sue Voorhees. Um, and then not only that, but you and and I shouldn't say this because she's not you know and even really in milfy material. Uh, she, she was only like thirty three at the time. But Melanie Kinnaman, they they make it a point to make sure she's wearing a white blouse with no bra on and have it pouring rain on her. They're like more. Exactly. With rain. More. You know, I wonder if in her contract there was like she's not going to take her top off. And they're like, no problem. No problem, Melanie. Got a great idea. She's going to wear this white blouse. We're going to just hit you with some rain. And you're going to be running around with a see-through blouse on the whole time. And even when you go to the hospital, even when at the end of the movie you go to the hospital, no one gives you like a shawl or anything to put on. You still got that wet white blouse on, which I liked at the end. They're just like, they're like, who cares what she's wearing? We're not giving her anything. She wants a blanket? No. She wants a shawl? No. Haven't you seen what the director, Danny Steinman, said uh, said of the film when he was making it? No. He he shot a fucking porno in the woods. You wouldn't believe the nudity we cut. <laughs> I can imagine, Which, to be honest with you. Listen, you didn't make Last House on the left, okay? You know, let's not yeah. steal that from West. You didn't make a porno in the woods and add some creeps into it, okay? But, but I mean, the film does have quite a bit of nudity in it. Um, it's probably one of the more populous uh, Friday the 13th films. And drug movie. use. Everyone's like, everyone everywhere you turn, someone's like, hey, you want a joint? Hey, you want cocaine? I really like too. This movie. This must have been Nancy Reagan's favorite film. She was like, (laughs) "Yeah, that's right. It's all the devil." I really like too. Um, that scene where, uh, Robin and Billy are sitting together, and Billy's like, "Robin, I, 
I want to make love to you. And she just starts fucking laughing her head off. She's like, I, I can't. I can't. It's so funny. You just said that. And he's just like, yeah, no, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. And you know, he dies anyway. He dies anyway. It's ex- uh, yeah, absolutely. But do you know what? The, the he dies alone. and also the it, it's, he, he gets the worst of it. He dies and he also has to live with the fact he, – like he lives with the fact that he's not going to get any and then dies. At least with like the, the other guy, the greaser, Pete. He had got to take a nice shit before he died. He doesn't have to worry about shitting himself <laughs> as he dies. You know? Other people don't have to worry about that stuff. They or they 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 at least had sex before they died. Billy, not so lucky. I think it's Billy. Is that his name? Is it Billy? Am I? Which which one? The guy who has the the stutter. Is that is it Billy or is it which 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 one is it? I can't. No, Billy's uh, the uh, the guy with the mustache. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah not uh, Billy. The stutter is Jake. 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 I mean Jake, then. That's who I'm talking See, about. See, like I said, like this film has way there's too so many, many people. people. <laughs> and there's so many Just, people, and I don't remember who the fuck everybody was. But Littered with bodies to be cast aside. Uh, what do you think about the blue mask? Cause Jason, I like it. Jason has always had the red triangles. And here we get a nice blue hockey mask. I like it. Um... So you're saying that, like, it's not the real Jason. What, what do you think went through Roy's head? Is he just trying to be Jason? Is that like that? That his his whole shtick? He's like serial killer Jason, and he thinks he can get away with it. Um, because like he obviously ha- he has the mask. He's wearing a bald cap thing, you know, to, to kind of simulate Jason. Like, what was the what was the thought process going on with this guy? I, th- I think the mask is like Slaughterhouse, so it gives him, extra, you know, uh, extra strength and health. Mm. So that's why he put it on. Otherwise, that must he'd, be. Just be, he'd just be Roy. So. That's right. Yeah. That, I mean, if he, if he wanted to unlock Peak Man, he would have wore a bag over his head like, you know, in Friday the 13th Part 2. And that would have been, you know. That's all you wouldn't need it. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like, it's it's an interesting um, interesting thing that Roy was like, you know what I need to do? Like, I need to emulate I'm Jason, but I'm really not Jason. Here's the thing, though. This, this doesn't take place at Camp Crystal Lake, does it? Or in the area? They don't. I don't think they ever really say. But it's like on the lake. Um around the area but i don't think they ever say specifically where it is and and a lot of times in it's just small town and like in friday 13th they like to use like the surrounding areas and they they don't call like they don't call it crystal lake but it's like near crystal lake you know what i mean it's kind of like how we have a bunch of lakes next to each other and we have like Caroga lake would be the big lake but you know there's other lakes around too and it's like kind of like that it's like a campground that's near the other lake but not necessarily at the lake. I don't know. Because I do love that. Like, who, I don't know who the killer is. Well, who is it? It's Jason Voorhees. Oh, God damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just so dumb. It's all, this film so dumb. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, what do you, th- what do you think? Uh, is this a, 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 
quality m- movie in the franchise or is this like you know is this is this truly a new beginning where we get uh you know a nice uh change up from the original series or is this just a dumb sequel that really doesn't have much merit it's all three of them it is all three of them is this a good movie no is it, so it's not it is not a quality sequel but it is quality because it's new, it's different, it's totally different, has different ideas. And for the most part, I think it works. Because to be honest with you, compared to Halloween and Scream, and I've said it before on when we've done the podcast, I've seen the Friday the 13th before, but outside of 1, 2, and Jason takes Manhattan. I couldn't be fucking bothered to like you know pick out the sore details of the rest like I could, you know, watching a Halloween film. Which even at this point now, you know, four, five, and six are, you know, still pretty fucking murky. Mm-hmm. So it's not anything like the lore and stuff's never been anything. I've, this isn't fertile ground for me, like in my mind. So, like rewatching this, I haven't seen it in for for forever, probably since high school, to be honest with you. When it was maybe randomly playing on USA one day, um, you know, it's and again, it's been three years now. They think about it since I've seen part four, and it's probably been you know when we did that one through three review. It's probably been the last time I seen one through three. So it's which is probably five years now. So it's been a while. In my head, I liked it from what I'm thinking of. I think I do like this more than the other sequels that I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Because it is different. It does try something new. Does it succeed? No. But it's different. And it's creative. And I do think the campiness in this one actually works compared to a lot of other films. Because this film is like flat off off the bat when you got two douchebags running up. Like, we're going to dig up Jason Voorhees. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, all right, this is fucking stupid, you know. So you can kind of go go with it. So I, like, I think it's a valid entry. I do think it would have been better if, like, Tommy wasn't even here. Because, again, it's a new beginning. And if they from what Wikipedia says is true that they wanted to do something different, like a new trilogy to, you know, start new with a different, you know, killer. I think if you take Tommy out of the equation or maybe don't even introduce him to like, like a later film as like a hero, it would have been better suited because it would have been totally, uh, detached from the, you know, first four films mm-hmm. uh, outside of Jason being the, you know, quote unquote killer. So it's, it's, you know, it's all three of them. Like it's, I think, I think probably outside of one and two, it's probably my third, you know, third favorite off the top of my head. But again, it's been so goddamn long since I've seen them. It's hard to kind of, you know, put a footing on it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I were to compare this to like, you know, what Halloween went on to after, fucking three god this is you know miles better than you know four five and six like just fucking miles because those try to take themselves seriously and here you know like it's all bullshit don't worry we know 
It's all bullshit. Here's some titties. Here's some kills. Here's some dude fucking snorting cocaine and, you know, we're having a, we're having a good time, you know. So <laughs> I do appreciate that, that the, the franchise is self-aware to like, yeah, we know this is all bullshit. Mm. We're all getting a paycheck just so you can be entertained. Here you go. So, I mean, I, I you know, where, where it goes from here, because again, I couldn't be bothered to tell you what the hell happens in six and seven. So it'll be interesting to see how I feel, you know, when we hit our next Friday the thirteenth. But right now, I'm I, I do think this is you know it's not that bad bad of a film. I had a enjoyable time watching it, despite the fact that I think it is long in the tooth at the end. That last act, this feels like to me it should have been a TV movie. Mm. It has like all the hallmarks of like something that should have been made for TV, but they stretched it out to a theatrical run to make that money and that last act in the barn and all that. That fucking in the hospital, it's like it just feels like forever. So I mean, you've already kind of gone into it, but on a scale of uh, zero to ten, chocolate candy bars that get axed. What would you you give? do you think he was eating to- uh, John Blue's Toblerone? Was, was he eating Toblerones? Um, they have like the yellow packaging, like it, but yeah. kind of didn't really look. It actually looked like a Mr. Good Bar, maybe or something like that. Well, you know what? Then good, because no one likes Mr. Good Bars, and if you're a 90 year old man and you like Hershey shade chocolate with a stray peanut or two, then you know what? It actually it kind of looked like the stock chocolate bars that you would see in like a cartoon or something. That are like they're not real, you know. Like he, you can right, tell, like right, it's not like a real chocolate bar. But right like, next to your beer, yeah. Right next to the beer, that's beer. Yeah, exactly. It kind of looked like that. So on a scale of uh, zero to ten chocolate bars like that, what would you give? I'll give it a six out of ten. I do think the movie's fun. It's it's harmless. The kills are there's a lot of kills, not a lot that's creative to it. There, the gore is pretty minimal. Titties abound. <laughs> um, ca- every character's a trope, and I feel like they did this all in tongue in cheek. They knew they're ma- like you know the fact that when you know the director saying we made a porno in the woods, it's kind of true because you know what the whole film does feel like it's tongue in cheek and like yeah, wait till you get to see titties and violence. <laughs> you know, it's. It's a fun, stupid romp. I wasn't bored watching it for the most part. Um, I do think, however, it shouldn't be a 90-minute film. Probably should only be 75 minutes long. The last act drags on for forever. The final fight in the farm. Then into the hospital. Just takes forever. It feels like it's never going to end. I mean, this is what it is. Like, I I would say I liked watching this a lot more than watching, like, Halloween 5 or 6. It's, mm-hmm. you know, where they take themselves way too seriously and it's a bunch of bullshit about Sam Wayne and Donald Pleasance is yelling the entire time. Like, no, 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 you know. Here they know they're making bullshit and they're like, yeah, we're making bullshit and just enjoy the bullshit. So... Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I would give this a 6 out of 10. I think it's a fun movie. Like, it really doesn't have anything wrong with it, per se, from a slasher perspective. Um, I think that it has some unique ideas to it. Like I said, it's it's way outside of the realm of realism, but 
I like kind of like that because just is ridiculous. And I think they know what they were they knew what they were making. They were making a ridiculous slasher movie, and that's what they, you know, excelled at. Um, it has a lot of nudity in it, and I'm not complaining. Um, I think that the the idea of having Roy as the killer is an interesting one, but you know, it maybe doesn't come together as well as I think that they they thought it could. Um, but I like the idea of kind of getting rid of Jason as the main antagonist and and trying something new. Um, and I think that for the most part, this is just a, a really enjoyable movie to watch and kind of turn your brain off for. And, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of does things better than the other Friday the 13th sequels that have, um, that we've covered on the show thus far and, and probably better than some that came after this too. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, it's interesting that they don't get this Tommy back for the next one. I I like that. Like, well, when we talk about the the next movie, there's this Tommy is, it's, he's only one year older. He looks completely different. They didn't get this one back. Um, he's, I was say he's got sun in uh, national lampoons vacation syndrome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I mean, I like that this is a new beginning for the film. It doesn't really follow in that direction, but, uh, you know, kudos to them for having a different idea. And, uh, you know, this is when you just watch some of the other slasher films of the time, like, and we, we covered ghost keeper last time. Um, this is miles better. And even though it's not a, what you would call a good movie there is, it does those things a lot better. It has better pacing to it. It just is miles better. And it's kind of interesting to compare some of the other movies that really didn't fare as well from the slasher uh, genre at the time and why this one has kind of lasted longer than those other ones. It just has a lot more going for it. And, and again, it knows what it's doing. It's not trying to be some sort of cinematic masterpiece. It is a fifth sequel in a franchise and, it, it knows that. So I think that's what makes it so much more enjoyable. All right. So for next episode, are we doing a Jello? <laughs> is, that, is that the goal? We said we were going to do it this time. Didn't end up doing it this time. What are we doing? Um, I don't know. We haven't done Inferno yet, right? We have not done that would be a fun one to do uh, i know we talked about not doing dario argento so if we don't want to do a dario argento that's fine um well you said inferno so we're gonna go on to the another mother film right yep and inferno is pretty fun um it was you know it's 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 definitely has a lot of ties to suspiria but it's very also very different from suspiria so I don't know. I think it could be now, a fun pick. Now, where's the Tom York version? <laughs> I will say I don't like Inferno as much as Suspiria for sure. Um, it, but it is a crazy movie at times. So you do realize well, as soon as we do Inferno, we're on track. We're gonna have to do Mother of Tears. Well, Mother of Tears is. Not very good, so. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I the, only, the only reason I know about it is you talking about how it's not good, so. Yeah, I mean, I think I've seen it one time. Not really a big fan. Inferno, yeah, I do like it. Um, though I like, you know, it's not my favorite Dario Argento movie, but Mother of Tears. 
kind of lost your lost the path there. What was your favorite? Do we already do it? Yeah, I mean, I would say probably Suspiria is my favorite Dario Gentle movie. That might be partly nostalgia, but I do think it's one of his. It definitely is one of his best movies. Um, anyway, I think it's you know it it is probably. If not even from the cinematography and the lighting, but just in general, the the um, etherealness of it, I think it all really comes together well. Um, I think that Dario Argento was a very um, erratic director. He had some really good stuff. He had some really bad stuff. Um, and not I'm not even saying that from the perspective of um, the new stuff that he's made, although the new stuff that he's made is really not that good. But even, you know, in the 90s when he was making stuff, he had some really erratic stuff, uh, some really weird stuff with it's his okay. daughter. You, you say, <laughs> say, it's okay. You can say Phenomena is not good. I like Phenomena. I think it is. It's, <laughs> I like it. I think it's a, an odd movie and it definitely has um, it's kind of off kilter, but I like that movie. But yeah, some of his other, his newer stuff is just. I gotta rewatch some of them because in my head, well, I, I, my, I don't think my idea on Suspiria has changed over time. I think I like Tenebrae more in my head now than I did like when I originally watched it by quite a bit. Sure. And uh, I really need to watch the 2018 Suspiria because I feel like that's probably been uh, risen up in my mind as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that the we we did the Suspiria remake, and I think that you know we we found it fairly good and fairly interesting. I don't. I think that my criticisms of it still stand. I think it's really bloated in what it tries to do. Well, that's what I'm saying. I need to rewatch it because I think in my head I'm like, hey, yeah, I liked it quite a bit, but mm-hmm. now, you know, but. I, it's one, I think it's one of those movies where when you're watching it, it might not you might not really enjoy it all that much. Like when you're actually watching it actively, but then at the end you're like, "Huh, I I, I kind of enjoyed that." You know, like I kind of enjoyed the overall, um, it, the overall themes and stuff that I got from it, and that's kind of how I feel about it. Like I I don't know that I really want to go back and rewatch it that much, but I do think that I enjoyed the idea that they had for it, and um, it's kind of an inch. I, I have a few movies like that that are I don't really need to return to them, and I probably if I probably did return to them, I probably would end up not liking them as much as I feel like I do. Um, but it's weird. It's weird how that works out. Like one and done sometimes for movies, you're better off. Don't return to them. It'll just jade you some more. Well, you know what? I'll probably watch Suspiria's remake and be like, oh, yeah, Dakota Johnson's here to just be a fucking plywood board. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am a... I am Mother Suspiria. I'm, I'm going to snap their... Make their heads explode. <laughs> Isn't this exciting? Yeah, let's, let's do Inferno next. It'll be fun. When are we going back to Japanese crime thriller? Yeah. You know what? No, we could do. I, I, will, I will say, too, because it's something we've brought up several times in the podcast, but we have not, have not done yet. Your Polizia Tetsuki films. Yep. Your te- Italian police dramas. Yep. I got a couple of those that we could do. This would be fun. We're, 
we're going to be booked now. Book it. We'll, we'll cover all of those, you know, offshoot genres that we haven't really covered. Plesioteski. Um, well, you know, what we have to do, too, that we haven't really ever covered is, like, Inquisition movies. You know, like, witchcraft Inquisition movies from the 70s. Oh, so we're just going to do... Uh... I got you. We're just going to do Crucible over and over again. Yeah. I know I have a couple of those that I think would be fun to do. And not just Witchfinder General either. Because, you know, that's that's the main Inquisition movie, Inquisitor movie that you think of. But not just that one. Um, a couple others that I've seen. We haven't done a lot of, um, you know, like Animals Attack movies. So that would be another uh, subgenre that we should revisit at some point. I think the big one we still need to do is Caligula. Yeah, Caligula. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, we haven't really d- dived into porn. the. Yeah, we haven't big really dived into the. Um, hey, it it's almost porn, but it's not quite. You know. Because we have a respectable actor here. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing some of those though. Like, like give like, give it up for Malcolm McDowell <laughs> being. <laughs> Like, Play Motel kind of falls into that territory. It's like, it's basically a porno. But it's not totally one. So we could do something like that, too. I do love how Caligula is uh, uh, marketed. An erotic historical drama. <laughs> you know what? Another movie that we have not covered? Jeepers Creepers 3. We haven't even done Jeepers Creepers too. No, that's true. We I forgot. I, I, for some reason, I felt like we did it, but I guess we did not. Listen, if it doesn't have Justin Long going, <laughs> beating you, I don't. I don't want to see it. That's right. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff we could do. All right. Um, we got to end the show. So thanks for listening to our episode on uh, Friday Thirteenth. Part five, a new beginning. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you have a good Friday thirteenth. Hope it's not too unlucky for you. This episode is gonna release on Friday thirteenth, so might be lucky, might be unlucky. Um we'll be back in two weeks with our episode on Inferno, because we did say we we're gonna do a jello, so we still are going to do a jello. Um if you wanna tune in and get notifications about that episode when it releases, you should subscribe to us. We're on Pretty much any podcasting app that you can think of. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, home base at anchor.fm. We got uh, good pods and stuff like that. So subscribe to us on there. Leave us a nice review. It always helps us out. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter. You can just search for us on there, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Um, we have an email address at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com where you can write to us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what movies you want us to uh, review, and we'll consider it. And then also you can donate to us on our Patreon page or at anchor.fm. Um, that we have subscriber stuff so you can donate to us and whatever you donate we'll put back towards beer so we definitely appreciate that um so again thanks for listening to blood and Mike run podcast hope to see you back for our next episode on uh inferno and until then take care